Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki, and you're here with me in the C-Space studio at CES 2020. Joining us is Brad Dancer, Executive Vice President, Insights, Analytics, and Data Strategy, yes. National Geographic right. Partners. Yes. Thank you very much for being here, Brad. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. First question, what is National Geographic Partners? National Geographic Partners is a joint venture of the National Geographic Society, which is the not-for-profit arm of National Geographic and the Walt, now the Walt Disney Company, mm-hmm. formerly 21, 21st Century Fox. The media part. The media part, mm-hmm. yep. And so what does the partnership do? What does it produce? We produce a cable television channel across the globe in mm-hmm. 440 million homes. We produce in the magazine now in 25 million readers. Uh, the website, educational materials for schools, um, Travel company, books, kids' department, pretty much everything. So you're on the data insights and analytics side. Correct. So what does your data say about how people are consuming your content in 2020 and beyond? Well, I mean, I think there's no surprise, especially on the TV side, which is a big part of our business, that everything's moving towards streaming and OTT, although um, maybe not as quickly as some would like to think. Mm. It's, we have viewers on all platforms. We care about our viewers on Hulu, on TV Everywhere, on VOD, on the Linear Channel, on Disney+. Plus. We care about all of the viewers, uh, even though it is changing rapidly. And obviously, we're also in, steeped in the traditional print magazine business, yeah. which is very healthy for us, but as is our digital business, and we're the number one brand in social. So it's, we're an interesting mix of old and new in National Graphic. Uh, the number one brand in social period? or what? On Instagram. In, on Instagram. 129 million followers, I think, as of this morning. Wow. Uh, puts us uh, slightly above Taylor Swift. Well, congratulations Thank on you. that. <laughs> um, does the brand... I mean, I, I, I think I, I mean, I know what I think of when I think of the brand. I think of the famous yellow borders. Sure. I think of really amazing photography yep. and in-depth writing right. about the planet. What do, you, what do you feel that the brand stands for? I mean, you nail it. Okay, great. <laughs> I guess here, that's a good brand, to, right? If I can define exactly. it as a consumer. We're here to educate <laughs> and, uh, and, and keep people, people that love the planet they live on. We're not just a media company. Obviously, that's what we're here. But our, our entire business model is to promote the exploration of the world. So because of the joint venture, 27% of our proceeds go to society to support missions. So yes, we're a cable channel. Yes, we're a magazine. But we do it for a purpose, which is ingrained in everybody who works there. Uh, you mentioned the print magazine is very healthy. Yes. You know, print as an industry has not been considered the healthiest sure. industry overall. Sure. Sure. What's your secret? Uh, I think the secret is photography. And, and, and this, there's, there's a certain level of nostalgia and expertise that we bring. I mean, our photography translated to Instagram. That's why we're so big there. Um, and there's just something about, we were the internet before the internet existed. You don't need us for that anymore, but we still offer something that you can't get anywhere else. We take people places. And it's just a beautiful magazine. Yeah, and I guess what's good about that content is that most of it does not expire, or at least expire very quickly. Correct, I can go yeah. 20, 30 years back, and some people, of course, keep all their National oh, Geographic yes. magazines. And, Everybody keeps them. Yeah, and they're just fun to go back and, <laughs> fun to go back and look yeah. at. Um, how do you, we talked a lot about the brand, and of course, data can give you insights to go in new directions. So you have this, I believe it's over 130-year-old brand, right. and then you're getting data. How do you balance those two things? Are there ever, is there ever a time when the data says to do one thing, but the brand says to sure. do another? Sure, so uh, two interesting examples. One, 
Well, anyways, on the social and digital side, if you listen to just the data, we would probably only produce baby penguin pictures because that's what <laughs> people engage with, that's what they talk about, that's what they share. And those are, we like those, those are important. Sure. But that's not what we're here. We're not here just to get engagement, we're here to make a difference. So we mm-hmm. have to go beyond that and sometimes push. So we use those pictures to bring in other photos that really make an impact. The other side of it is, we would never have done Free Solo, won us an Oscar for the television network, um, because if you look at the data, mountain climbing movies don't work. They don't get high ratings, they don't do well in the box office, but we went against that because we knew we had something different, and it yeah. was on brand, and it was everything we stood for, and it was huge. That was, it came out in 2018? Yes. That was my favorite movie of 2018. Thank you. Was, it was one fantastic. of my favorite movies. That was yeah, a great I, movie. Very remember, hard to watch. I was in the theater, <laughs> so I was in the theater, and I, this was the, the few times I'm in the theater yelling at the screen. It's like right. the people are falling or yeah. about to fall. I'm like, no, don't yeah, do it. It's insane. Um, it just got me, rea- <laughs> and, and I have no, very little experience you know, right. of any kind of climbing, so you certainly yeah. able to engage yeah. with that. So that brings up a good point of like, how do you figure out what risks to take when you don't have the data? You know, it's, I, it's funny. Um, that's all you do in TV. It's all risks, and you never have all the data. Uh, and, and, and there's this weird thing that goes on. I say this being at the tech conference that suddenly there's all this new data in television because of streaming platforms. Television has been rich in data since Nielsen was around. I'm not saying you know it was consumer level data, but it's a ton of information, and we yeah. go by that and we use that. But you can't rely on it because the point of media is to get ahead of culture not remain behind it. So if you keep only doing what people are telling you to do, you just go down that funnel where you're just doing pictures of baby penguins. And so you are, I don't know if you call yourself this, but you're like the data guy in the equation, right? right? And so how do you work so together? I shouldn't be saying any of those things. Well, I no, just that, that, but, it's great that you are, but I think it's great that you are saying that because it speaks to, uh, I suppose, probably a partnership between you and the right. creative side. And so for others watching who are curious about how to get that kind of partnership working hand yeah. in hand, what are some best practices that you found? Yeah, it's a, it's, every day I work in a field of extroverts in an introverted department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, I think the most important thing that I've learned over the years uh, is speak like a producer speak like a content. They've been working on these things for years. Yeah. It's easy for us to come in with data and go, well, this didn't work, or this person didn't like it, mm-hmm. or this demographic wasn't there. I'm sorry you just spent five years making that television show, oh, but uh, it didn't yeah. work. But if you can speak to them like a producer, they, it's a business, and things work and, and don't work. Um, and, and speak at their level, not at a data level. We're storytellers, too. I constantly mm-hmm. remind them that. Uh, I just use data and information to tell mm-hmm. my story. Um, but I can't do it in an analytical, this is up 12%, that's up, you know, that stuff doesn't work. So uh, does your data get into the difference between the kinds of nature footage that new kinds of technology enable you to do? There's, there's drones, right. there's super high-powered zoom right. cameras. There's, I mean, sure. I, at CES we could walk the floor and probably find sure. a dozen new kinds of cameras yeah, and technology <laughs> that you could then integrate into <laughs> yeah. your production process. Yeah. Yeah. Does your data speak to the level of what kinds of technology works when you're capturing all this content? So I have, a, I have a waffling answer for you a little bit there. Uh, it, the data will show you people like good, in, good footage. So that sure. could be on an iPhone, that could be on a phantom camera, that can mm-hmm. be on a drone. Uh, and I think technology allows us to do footage that you've never seen before. And when it's done well and it's in the story, people are like, I don't care what you took that photo or that, that shot with. Yeah. That was amazing. Some of the stuff we did in Free Solo was camera work that we'd never seen before. But if it's just a drone shot because you want to put an aerial in there and you feel like you have to use your drone, viewers are savvy. They've seen all this stuff before. They're like, why you sh- this is boring. Like, right. If it's interesting, I mean, so it, it's, it's kind of the obvious answer. Yeah. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, you just wasted the technology. And, and, and getting back to Free Solo, because I'm kind of obsessed with it, the, 
the fun part of the movie for me, one of the fun parts was seeing, it was kind of like a behind the scenes of how they made it in the movie itself, where yes. you see the camera crew on the, yes. on the mountain. That was pretty neat. And the guy who couldn't watch uh, from the ground. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was really gripping. Um, we're talking to Brad Dancer of National Geographic Partners. 5G is coming. 5G is here. How does 5G right. impact your business? You know, uh, uh, I should admit this as well, being at the tech conference, I, I know enough to be dangerous about 5G. I think it does just unlocks mobile for us. I mean, yeah. we're, it's, it's just makes everything not absolute. We're already heavy mobile on digital and mm-hmm. social. Uh, I think this just makes it that much more clean. It makes streaming that much easier. Uh, it turns stream. I mean, as streaming becomes more complicated in terms of all the partners out there mm-hmm. finding content, it makes it easier. The technology allows it uh, easier access to it. We're excited about it. We like anything that allows us to find new people to tell our stories to. One thing that seems like it would make a lot of sense for National Geographic content is VR and really kind of sure. putting myself immersively in the jungle or yeah. on a mountain or wherever. Yeah. Do you do you have data that speaks to whether that's actually engaging people? So we've done a few things with VR um, with some Hollywood producers, with some of our own explorers. Um, and I will say it still feels really nascent. It still feels like we're playing with the technology. Mm. We love new storytelling platforms. So I am super excited about the future of that. Yeah. I think it has existed in some bad games and some testing footage of interesting shots. So what we've done is like, people are like, yeah, that was cool, but I don't need to watch more than two or three minutes of it. Uh, and it's hard for me to kind of understand it because we, I don't, there's a creative unlock that hasn't happened. You know, when people go in and start really playing with VR and side, there's a whole new way to tell stories. And I still feel like that hasn't moved forward. Even the technology's gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. The storytelling hasn't gotten any better. I, I, as you can see, I lean towards the creative side and everything because I'm like, yes, yeah. the technology allows us to do this, but we're not doing this very well yet. Hmm. And, and the technology, I think, is caught up. Where are all the good storytellers? What about the rise of voice technology, audio formats like podcasting? Yeah. Where does that fit into a, a admittedly photography-heavy brand? Sure. So we've launched a couple of podcasts to middling success, and we recently launched one overheard uh, to great success this past year. Um, and it was difficult for us. People were like, well, we are a visual medium, but we're storytelling medium. So this is it, the stories, overheard stories at National Geographic and the sort of stories behind some of our photos and things. It's, oh. um, it's been hugely successful. So it's still actually based in a photograph. And so if I'm listening yep. to the conversation, I could go watch, listen, yep. look at the photograph and then hear the exactly. story behind it. Or an article or yeah. whatever it might be. Or, you know, so it's, um, it, we tied to our brand like that. It works. We're all over it. We love those kind of things. We've done, uh, we've done things with Google Audio before. Uh, tied, more marketing things tied to our shows. Um, it's an area we're not as expertise in, so but we're still playing with it. But you know we have such wonderful sound captures too, so we're, we're excited about it. So you've been at National Geographic Partners for 20, 20 years. Yeah. years. Uh, is there an insight or a piece of technology that you just really want to have, but you just still don't have it yet? Um, there's more. This is uh, there's more. Uh, process. Uh, so because we're so big in social, uh, it's impossible for us to keep up. And natural language processing, which again is a little bit more a data nerd thing, yeah. is terrible. Still, it's still terrible. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, we, we don't get good uh, summaries, we don't get insights. It takes forever to really do anything. So you're able to automatically read a million tweets about what you're doing and then yeah. summarize what that is. Summarize what it is. Yeah. Or I get a generic sentiment, which doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. And I know there's a lot more in there. We, we know there is. We've seen it. But I can't do it efficiently or effectively or quickly. So, it, you know, I can analyze it after the fact. Interesting want to analyze in the moment, moment and react in the moment, get some AI running. So it, and it, it's, that's one thing that I know exists more out there than we have. 
Mm -hmm. I would love to have that. <laughs> so last question as we close out, please fill in the blank. 2020 is going to be the year of? Uh, well, 2020 is going to be the year of uh, uh, storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> I got to keep it on Brad. I love it. That's extremely on Brad. Yeah, yeah. Brad Dancer, National right. Geographic Partners. Thank you right. so much Thank for you. integrating the world of storytelling and data with us today yeah. at the C-Space Studio. All right. Thank you. Really appreciate it. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network. 